How could you grow a whole foot in a year and still be disappointed with the amount you'd grown? Welcome back, everyone, to the With Joe Weeby podcast. Today, we're going to be um, continuing on talking about the expectations gap, because recently we've been talking about that, and we've been talking about the idea of uh, the happiness curve and how crazy this distribution of happiness is over our lives, and this theory, one of the popular theories or explanations comes down to this gap we have between what we expect of ourselves and what we expect we're going to achieve and what the reality ends up being and how we have this optimism bias. So just to put this into more context, let's think about that question. How could we grow a whole foot in a year and still be upset with the amount we've grown. It's a bit of a puzzling one, right? When you think about it, height and gaining height is really positive most of the time. When you grow, especially as a young kid, and I, in particular, was very short when I was younger. Not that I'm the tallest person in, in the world now, but I was always at the front seat of the school photo always knew where to find me. When I look back, it's easy. Just go eyes straight down to the front row and off to the right. And I think, obviously, girls grow a lot quicker than guys when we're young. So didn't help at all being young. Then things start to change. You become a teenager and started to catch up and get a growth spurt. Suddenly, you're not as lagging behind as everyone else in height and you don't feel as bad. Great. The problem is, if you grew a foot in a year, well, you'd normally be quite happy with the progress you'd made. Except if everyone else grows two feet, then you're not quite as happy. Hmm. Now, who is everyone? Who is the everyone that we compare ourselves to, we compare our progress to? Because a small bit of progress looks inferior and is not satisfactory if everyone's growing, right? So who are the people we compare ourselves to? Well, obviously it changes person to person. Usually it's the people around you who you consider to be most similar to yourself. That is, your friends. It's not going to bother you as much if people have a very different ethnic background, gender, and upbringing somewhere on the other side of the world grow faster than you do. It's upsetting if the whole class is growing and you're the only one who's growing slowly. And even though you're growing, you're still upset because you judge the success of your growth in relation to everyone else. Now this analogy, which is, I must uh, give credit, adapted from the book The Happiness Curve by Jonathan Roche, I think is really fantastic to help us understand this expectations gap. It really relates to our level of satisfaction or dissatisfaction with our achievements. Because so often we view our achievements in the context of our peer group and we define our peer group very differently depending on who we are, where we are, what stage of life. So it relates to money, which is a great example. After 
basically the the long story short with the relationship between money and our happiness is money does uh, correlate in some places with more happiness or self-reported well-being in particular it helps us when we don't have our mvl our minimum viable lifestyle because it's going to help us get those bottom things on maslow's hierarchy of needs safety comfort food right shelter after that point it starts to become more of a social measuring stick because we no longer need that much more money we can always use more it gives us permission to do more things great sure but often it's a comparison it's used as a social metric sometimes even to measure our whole life progress so money will make us happier at high levels of earning if it if uh, basically we're, we're earning at a better rate than our friends and this is really interesting because when they when you look at all the happiness research into within country differences rather than between country differences so say differences in America within America different Americans to different Americans versus Americans to Indians and where differences are found and not found is really fascinating and you can read that book or go to the blog uh, for more on that so this is fascinating right you start to think or understand how complex we are, how messed up we are <laughs> as people and what, what little hope we have because by default, that is how we measure our achievement. That's how we look at ourselves and that's how we value ourselves. And it's very flawed. Now, I literally used to do this with height, but we've done it with many things and I've done it with many things in my life. You can take your pick from sporting achievements to academic achievements to career achievements to physical attractiveness to life progress. And we start to see why this is such a bad recipe for assessing ourselves and feeling good about ourselves because it's so dependent on other people. And we don't have control over other people. We only have control over ourselves. So let's ask the question, how much height to go back to our analogy, is good height. How do we determine how much is enough or not enough if we're not comparing ourselves to our friends, if we don't look sideways? And the question, and the reality is we'd have to find an objective marker. We'd have to find objective things that make a certain shortness unacceptable and a certain height ideal. If you're at a a theme park or Disney World or something like this. If you remember, if you've ever been to a theme park, the height cutoff to get on a ride. So if we want to be someone who participates in theme parks, we've got to be tall enough to get onto those rides, right? So that's an objective marker. That's something that we genuinely need to do a thing. But then the flip side is that do we even need to be that tall? Because what if we can find other things to enjoy other than rides if we don't make the cutoff to the rides? What if we focused on what we did have? Because it's very hard to grow a, a, a set amount. And this funny analogy, weirdly, just relates back to the way we look at feeling happy, being content with ourselves, learning what we really need and what's just a bonus. And then, of course, you kind of find yourself coming back to the idea of that minimum viable lifestyle. 
sure you can go well and beyond and the more height maybe the better sometimes height has problems but all in all finding out what the minimum is but looking for an individual definition of that rather than looking for comparison we're wired to look for comparison but it doesn't always serve so i think that's something to just be very critical about so wow well we're part way through the you know we're onto this podcast journey now and we're still going with daily episodes and what I'm going to start doing from time to time is just giving you prompts to think about during the day because I realize that this is a pretty good length, this short length of episode um, and consistency and it's uploaded in the morning in Australia time and Australia's ahead of the world. So in many ways, especially right now during COVID. So proud, proud Australian right now. Um, but that way it's ready for everyone's morning and you can basically, if it's the drive or walk or commute to work or morning exercise, you can fit this in and contemplate some things during the day and then get a reminder and a kick up the backside when you come back tomorrow if you keep this up daily. And so today, something that would be really powerful for you to do is think about the height analogy in your own life. When are you not happy about your friend's successes? Now, if you audit that, if it's when they get engaged or married, if it's when they achieve something in their job, if it's when they buy a house, you can audit based on when you feel, when you don't feel uh, happy for your friends, but when you feel threatened by their success or insecure because of their success on a particular outcome, it is a map to your own insecurity and where you probably don't have your own internal voice for that thing because it means you are measuring yourself in comparison to the other person. So you can think about that today. Where are my sore points? Where are my sensitive points? Once you're aware of them, you can take a step back and actually look at them. Is it the number of social media followers your friends have compared to you? Is it how much progress they've had with their career? Is it the amount of books they read a week? Who knows? I don't know. There's so many different things. But stepping back and auditing that becomes very powerful because then you can start to remove damaging expectations you weren't aware of and start to reshape them. All right, so the expectations gap is the corresponding blog post for this episode. Um, and you can find that at www.withjoeby.com forward slash blog. All the articles are there. And apart from that, I'm going to end this episode today. And obviously, just to remind you, as always, to share this with anyone who you think it might open a door for because after all the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others thank you and i'll see you again tomorrow